turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and he's loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10, touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go! It's your man, Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 30 minutes with us today. Here we are in week nine, eight games into the season for our Minnesota Vikings who sit at six and two. And to recap all of the sorrow and joy we've seen halfway through 2019, I'm joined by the chief, the head honcho, Jason Brown. Jason, how you doing tonight? Oh boy, chief and head honcho. I like it. I like it. I'm going to have you follow me around and just introduce me all the time, Flip. Thank you so much. And I, I'm doing well. Excited to be on, I guess, no, not 15 minutes, 30 minutes with Flip to uh, to chop it up, talking about the season that's already happened and uh, all the fun that's yet to come. So let's do this thing, man. Yes, sir. Can you believe season's halfway over already? It's, it's yeah, it seems to have sped by and it's crazy how uh, how things seem to have changed after the meltdown post Chicago uh the diva saved the season is what I keep saying so uh yeah true true I'll I'll give you that it's almost like we have a leader in Stefan Diggs but I don't know if we want to go that far just yet anyways we're gonna (laughs) (laughs) I mean people don't want to hear it but I I, I've said it a couple times in in you know the climbing the pocket uh I guess the climbing the pocket founders group that uh, I, I personally feel like you know, Stefan and Dalvin are uh, I know last year we talked a lot about who the leaders were on offense and we felt that there were times where like there were some heart issues maybe um, with, with the guys on offense and I really feel like Dalvin and Stefan are that for the offense and especially Stefan Diggs getting him going I feel like just his his swag um, his his leadership ability and just the the energy that he brings I feel that that is something that um that, that all those guys feed off of and and the offense, I mean, you can look at it. It's demonstrably better. It's something that you can't actually look to from an analytic standpoint. But I think just from on the human level, uh, he gets those guys going. And so uh, him and Ian Dalvin, uh, I do see as being uh, the heart and soul of, of that offensive uh, side of the ball. And so, yeah, you know, he, he did catch a bit of flack for that. But, you know, since that time, the offense has been rolling. He has been slowly climbing up the charts in terms of air yards, yards per route run, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think those two things are a coincidence. So... Well, yeah. yeah, I love that take. And man, I can already tell it's going to be a good pod when you get Jason out of the host seat. You know, <laughs> get, get him sharing some takes of his own. Maybe we'll see some fireworks tonight. So we're here at the midpoint. We're going to start things off just by putting out some takes. Jay and I are going to alternate, share three takes each. Think about it as a, a wish list for what we want to see for the rest of 2019. So. We're going to talk about them, wait to hear what the listeners think. Jason, what do you think? You want to get this thing started? Oh, why not? Why not? I guess so. Uh, what, what, what kind of wish list? Uh, where do you want me to start on this thing? I, I would love to hear your thoughts on what your wish list is. What do you want to see from the Vikings for the rest of the regular season? I mean, I guess I'm going to keep it pretty simple in that I want to see just a lot more of what we have been seeing over this uh, this recent stretch of, of, of offensive games. And 
really, I know that, you know, it's something that we often will go back and forth on with, you know, Mike Zimmer coming in and, and being such a successful defensive coach and, and that being kind of the backbone of the team over the last little while. But the offensive emergency, offensive explosion, the way that we were able to win um, you know, that game against Detroit when the defense was not having its best game, that's really what I want to see. I want to see this offense continue to grow. Um, our best players on the team, in my estimation, are those wide receivers. You have Dalvin not too far behind. And, you know, what you know, Kubiak, Dennison, and Co. have been able to do with this offensive line group to really get them humming along, to turn Dalvin, um, in some people's mind, into now the best back in the NFL, which is a whole other conversation we can have because Dalvin is the same player he was last year. He just has space to actually showcase his talents now. But all of those things, I want to see more of that. I just want to see that. I want to see Kirk Cousins continue to uh, to, to grow into uh, the quarterback that we've known. He's always had the physical abilities too. And hopefully that this string of success um, – Starts to help starts to help him breed more confidence because that's always the one thing that we worry about with a Kirk Cousins is um, his his mental state and, and how he's going to do when when things get rough and so it was nice to see him kind of you know us have a lead change and him bring a team from you know quote unquote behind in that in that shootout with Detroit for us to win that it was nice to have us overcome some adversity and, and Kirk Cousins to continue dealing in that game and I really just want to see more of that and for them to continue to grow. Uh, the Vikings are one of the best teams in the league right now, and I don't think there's any way, anyone that you could look at, any metric that you could could see. Um, you know, even people deriving their takes from you know you know the eye test. We are blowing out bad teams, which is what you're supposed to be doing if you're a good team. We're a good team. I want to see them continue to be that good team and uh, hopefully set themselves up for um, you know, maybe a home game come playoff time. So that's what I would like as we roll into the second half of the season. I think that'd make a lot of Vikings fans extremely happy, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you mentioned them blowing teams out. Uh, The offense has looked just elite at times. And while I I do think that we've probably seen this offense at its maximum, at its peak, now it's just a question of can they do it consistently? Can they do it on the road? Can they do it against tougher opponents? So seeing the offense grow into a stable, you know, a juggernaut that can perform in any game. I think that's a great wish to have. Well, thank you. I also think it's a great wish because uh, it was my wish. So <laughs> I'm just pumping you up, man. Just giving, giving uh, you I know, this support. is great. You know, I'm about, I need to talk to you before every jujitsu tournament I have going forward. That flip come and make me feel like I can uh, move mountains and, and hop over t- tall buildings and all that good stuff. <laughs> we might be able to arrange that. We might. Oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so. So your wish list is to see the offense grow and continue to perform. Let me tell you my wish. Mine is to see the Minnesota Vikings go undefeated at home this year. Now we're we're 4-0 at home right now. Not the strongest opponents in those matchups, but the product they displayed in front of that, that crowd, the skull chant's been very impressive. Kirk Cousins has been a lead at home. Dalvin Cook looks unstoppable. And the defense has been dominant in those games. I think they're allowing 14 points at home, little more points on the road. So just looking for that to continue, uh, just looking for, oh my, oh, I'm seeing right here, Kirk has thrown four incomplete passes per game at home. That means he's you know, comfortable, confident in that pocket. 
leading to more touchdowns, fewer interceptions, fewer fumbles in front of the home crowd. And so looking at the teams they're playing at home, we've got Denver in week 11 and then divisional matchups, Detroit week 14, Green Bay in week 15 on Monday night, then Chicago to end out the year. They can win those games and going going 4-0 at home. Yeah, looking at that same thing, and it, it's crazy. Like, when you look at that, initially someone says go undefeated at home, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a big wish. But then you look at the actual matchups, and from where we were at the beginning of the season and what we thought of Chicago and our team after that initial matchup and maybe Green Bay and our team after that initial matchup, looking at how things have unfolded since, like, I like our chances at in all of those games. Every single one of them, I th- we should be favored by a, just a decent margin going into all of them. Yeah, and people are starting to look at Green Bay, you know, at 7-1. and one. There's a long way to go until week 15. So just winning these home games to keep that, keep that momentum going, keep the positive attitude going around the Minnesota Vikings right now. And when Green Bay comes to town, hopefully both teams are ready to roll Monday night. They get that home win too. So four more wins at home, that puts us at 10 wins on the season. Hopefully I'm not looking too far ahead, but that's really exciting. Something that can prop them up to to just be in a good place come playoff time. Yep, I'm, I'm going against my man, Nick Olson, but as the season has started to unfold, I mean, I don't know. I'm Obviously the Green Bay Packers, they are what they are. Their record is what it is. Um, they're not as scary to me as, as Maybe I thought they'd be on paper with what they've done and where they've invested on the, on the defense. Uh, I feel as, 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 as things start to roll along, if, if the Vikings can continue to play as they have been playing, yeah, we, we could pose some problems for them. And uh, I think Zim will be able to do what he generally does and, and slow things down from Aaron Rodgers. And with the way this offense is playing and the way Dalvin Cook has, has figured things out and, and Stefan and, and Thielen will be back healthy by the time that matchup rolls around, knock on wood. Yeah, that's the game. That's the one that we're circling right there. I think that's the one that's going to have a, a lot to do with where we end up, you know, in the playoffs and all of those things, just based on how we're playing and where Green Bay is right now. And uh, yeah, I think that's a game that we should be able to win. Yeah, I just I can't put it. I can't put words into why I don't believe in Green Bay this year. I think it's just because I'm a biased Vikings fan but they just don't impress me right now. I don't think it's just that you're biased either, though. When you go away, I mean, we're, we're ranked ahead of them in that. When you look at ELO, we've been ranked ahead of them in that. I mean, there's a lot of metrics that point to us being a better team. The, the, the margin is shrinking as they continue to win, but I just think that as things stand currently, we are a more balanced, better, deeper team than, than Green Bay is at this at this moment. So. Yeah, that's not biased. The numbers back us up. Okay, okay, man. I mean, I like doing podcasts with you too, Jason. You got my back, <laughs> even when I start doubting myself. No, man, no, man. The numbers bear it out. We are uh, at, at this merry moment, at the time of recording. The numbers say we're better than Green Bay. So, it especially with us being at home, the home field advantage that the Vikings have. Um, yeah, I mean, we should be favored in that game. And if we handle our business, we should be able to do what we need to do to get it done. So... Yeah, no need to doubt yourself. Your, your, your takes are your, your takes are usually pretty good, Flip. Unless we're talking running backs, your takes are usually pretty good. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> we, we may or may not be talking running backs later in this podcast. We'll see. Uh-oh. We'll see. Uh-oh. 
Okay, Jason. Well, you know, we've talked about how Green Bay is definitely a game worth circling with eight games left in the year. Is there another game that you can point to where you really want to see the Minnesota Vikings perform well or or just do more than expectation in a specific game? I mean, you know, before the Patrick Mahomes injury, I think that was the game that everyone was pointing to. Obviously, um, you know, Andy, Andy Reid is a wizard when it comes to designing plays and calling plays to get guys open. Patrick Mahomes, MVP for a reason. He plays the quarterback position the way that uh, everyone wishes their quarterback could. He has immense talent. He's very creative. He's not scared of the big moments. And that was a game that is a game still because, I mean, the reports are that, that you know, Patrick Mahomes is uh, on his way back to being able to play and that they may be getting a lot of their injured pieces back for that game. So that's obviously one that, you know, if the Chiefs are at full at full strength, we're going to want to see if we can actually go on the road against, you know, a, a team that made it very deep in the in the playoffs last year and and, and match up well and, and perform well and, and win a game like that in a very tough environment. So that's an obvious one. Um, for me, another one that I'm going to be looking at is the game versus the Cowboys, just because that's going to be another matchup. It's going to be a nationally televised game, and it's the Cowboys, so there's going to be a ton of eyes on us there. And it's one of the things that really shouldn't matter, but I think that that's going to be one of those games that if we can go in there and handle our business against the Cowboys, that's one of the games that I know Vikings fans, we can, obviously, we can often have a, a bit of little brother syndrome, or why don't we get the attention, why don't we get the recognition, and all those things, and you know, Minnesota's a smaller market team, but if we can go in there and, and you know, mollywop the Dallas Cowboys on national television, um, it'll go a long way into, I think, shifting the narrative uh, into one that, you know, not just maybe the people who are pushing spreadsheets realize how good we are, but, you know, people across the entire, you know, football viewing population will understand, you know, that you know, the Vikings team is for real and it's a team that can actually go deep and make some noise in the playoffs. So those would be the two. Um, if I had to pick one, uh, Right now, with the status of Pat Mahomes being up in the air, it's, it's that Cowboys game that I really want to, to have the team go in there and make a, a very impressive statement. Also, I can't stand the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Well, Jason, you kind of stole mine, so I don't know how I feel about that. But like, Was uh, it the Cowboys? Because I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's probably the Cowboys. I mean, you, you haven't been out of Texas for that long, so that's my bad, homie. That's my bad, man. <laughs> oh, it's all good. I mean, it's got to be the Cowboys. You know, I covered the home games in my first wish. Looking at these road games, too, it's it's easy to get excited about the Vikings. And, we, you know, we got Kansas City next week, whether Mahomes goes or doesn't go. I think that's going to be a tough game. But even if they lose at Kansas City, that puts them at six and three. Dallas had a bye last week and they play the Giants on Monday and they should win that game. So they'll probably be what I think that puts them at five and three going into the game against the Vikings and that alone, you know, winning team on the road at their stadium in the middle of the playoff pitcher with what I love about this matchup. And it's not just how important it's going to be for the playoffs, but the matchups from trying to stop Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott out of the backfield. You've got Rhodes versus Amari Cooper. You've got Trey Waynes versus Michael Gallup. And, you know, on defense, they've got an interior pass rush, too. So that'll be a challenge for Garrett Bradbury and Pat Elfline. It, it really a front seven battle in that game. I think that's just a magnificent spot to see what our Vikings are really made out of. 
can they go down to Dallas gets a big time NFL team with all those fans in Jerry world in the space dome and, and get a win and put ourselves on the map. Uh, I, I think they do. I think that's a statement win that we could be looking at in two weeks. And then from there, you know, hopefully ride that momentum into the playoffs. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And the thing that I like about both of the matchups we have upcoming is that, um, yeah, the Vikings and, and people who have been slow to buy in to, to the team. And in years past, I was one of those people. But when you look at the team now, it's not like the years past. They're not winning the games in fluky ways. It's not being you know charged up by a bunch of turnovers or a bunch of things that are unsustainable. The team is just winning by going out and playing good football and blowing teams out when they need to, making the plays they need to to get a lead, keep a lead, and then just ride it out, which is really the best way to win games. You know, this like clutch stuff and all that. The best way to, to win isn't by necessarily having a quarterback who can come through and, and dig you out of a tough spot. It's just to not be in tough spots, and that's what the team has been doing. But what I really like about the upcoming matchups is that it gives the team another opportunity to you know, silence some, some of the critiques, shut down some of the narratives around, you know, oh, well, they haven't beat tough teams, or oh, they haven't beat playoff-worthy teams. Both Kansas City and, and Dallas are ranked ahead of the Vikings in DVOA at the moment. So going, and if they're able to, to win, you know, both of those games, or even split those games, um, but look good in, in 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 all of them. I think it goes a, a long way to to shutting that down and, and really helping. You know, maybe some of the fan base who's who's scared of, of jumping all the way in and getting hurt again uh, to understand that you know this is a great team. We have a great team, and and you know we should be enjoying this ride because it's we're Vikings fans. We know every season isn't like this. It's not always a lot of fun along the way, and you know they're playing awesome. So let's enjoy this thing, and uh, hopefully they can go out there and make a couple statements, and yeah, then we'll we'll all be unified behind the uh, the idea and understanding that we have a great team, and we should enjoy it for as long as we get to, and I uh, hope that you know that means that maybe there's a parade for us at the end of this whole thing. Woo, woo, talking talking real big, Jason. Oh, talking real like <laughs> we just need a chance. We just need like. What I've, what I've always said about Kirk, you know, and, you know, started as, that's the funny thing is that many of us who started off on the side of like, uh, not really super enthused about paying Kirk Cousins all this money. And then last year happened. And I feel like maybe public sentiment swung too far the other way, where it's like, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't awful. All we've ever said is that he's been kind of slightly above average. So I wouldn't have paid him all that money. But if you put a cast around him, he can play very well. And really all we need is what we've seen is that you just need him to get hot for like, three or four games in the playoffs, you know, <laughs> yeah. three or four games. And he's showing us right now that he can do that. So three or four games in the playoffs is all I really want from Kirk Cousins. Get us there. And uh, let's hope it's not against the, the, the Patriots. And then we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you, Jason, with these two monumental games coming up next, we saw a muted effort from the offense against the Redskins on a short week Thursday night football and we saw a little bit of criticism of the offense after that game which I tried to shut down quickly but we saw some criticism do you what what do you think was the cause of that Thursday night football performance was that just a short week lack of time to prepare were they missing Adam Thielen uh did they try to take some things off the table scheme wise to hide some plays to get ready for these next two big games? How do you explain the 
game against Washington? I mean, I guess the easiest explanation, and, you know, I don't necessarily, this is one that's going to be super anecdotal because I don't have any numbers in front of me, but Thursday night games are often really sloppy games. Football is a brutal sport, and playing it on a, on a week that's, you know, as short as that, you often have games that just don't go in a very good way, you know, like the end of the day the vikings did what they were supposed to do they didn't win it as convincingly as some might have hoped but they went in it was a sloppy game but they won the game they won it convincingly in my opinion it wasn't like there was ever really a point maybe after the digs fumble that we got right back that i thought oh my goodness washington's gonna run with it, run away with this game really what people were concerned about is that oh my god we're not blowing this team out by enough but it's the nfl it's tough to get wins in the nfl it's even tougher to get wins in the nfl on a short week we handled our business. I don't know. It's Thursday night. I kind of expect Thursday night games to be sloppy. So I was not too fussed over the fact that it was an ugly game because I guess that was kind of my ex- expectation going in. But I guess the hope that many of us had, and we talked about it on Pocket Protectors last week, is that it'd be a sloppy game, but it might be a sloppy game that led to like a lot of points while it was being sloppy. And that just didn't happen. It was a sloppy game that was just kind of an ugly, sloppy weird game to watch overall so it wasn't an aesthetically pleasing game but in terms of how it actually went down and, and where things ended up i was good with it so <laughs> i don't know i was very good with it too jay a win is a win is a win and it showed i mean when you look at it i'm just i just pulled up on airyards.com shout out to josh Hermsmeyer and our man ben baldwin but if you pull up the box score that uh that ben on on his uh Thing that he created there when you're looking at the game i mean we had a 50 percent success rate throwing the football i mean i'm there's, there's nothing to be upset with with that you know we were we had a 50 percent 56 percent success rate on late downs again these are things we should be happy about you know our third and fourth down um first down rate was 50 percent you know what are we upset about when we watch this game when we're talking about the offense and it's not like washington went off yes mclaurin had some catches but i feel like um, can't remember which bias I want to say right now, but like the vividness bias is what uh, your fantasy mansion calls it. Uh, we saw a couple plays with McLaurin getting first downs and stuff, and I think many people just overrated that and and the way the kind of feeding frenzy went off on Twitter, like oh my god, Xavier Rhodes is terrible and da 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 all that stuff. But like when you look at the t- totality of things, Washington didn't do much, you know, <laughs> like. Their EPA per pass play was negative. Their EPA per rush was negative. Like overall. <laughs> We did what we were supposed to do as, as a team and beat a bad team on a short week. Uh, we get to go and, and chill. And, I mean, of course, we messed up that, too, with having some dudes get in trouble. But ultimately, they did what they were supposed to do in that game. So, yeah, I don't know what people were yeah. so upset about. Mike Zimmer defenses always give up an inordinate amount of yards for how many points they allow. And we see it every year. We see it every week. But people just can't get over the fact that yards are being allowed, even though they gave up nine points in the first half. Nine points in the first half, 18 points a game, and we're upset about that. It's just, it's getting old to hear the same old gripes again, to have every year on the defense, there's another scapegoat we got to talk about. Let's just admit what we all know. This Mike Zimmer defense is a bend, don't break affair. and the consistency with with which they don't break is extraordinary. So when it looks like they're about to break, 
maybe have some faith in them based on what you've seen before. Preach it, Flip. Preach it. I'm yeah. with you. All I'm right. with you. But with all that said, I'm much happier to have an offense that when they, you know, maybe do break a little bit, you know, they can score some points because I'd much oh, rather rely on that. Definitely. As great as, as Zimmer's defenses is, or, or <laughs> his defenses are, excuse me, I'd much rather rely on an offense, even if that offense happens to be led by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> well, okay, we'll move on with our final takes. You know, now you got to keep it fresh for me, Jason. We talked about Kirk Cousins a little bit. We talked about Dalvin. But for our final wish, can you give me a player that you want to see over the second half of the season and tell me what do you want to see from them? I mean, come on now. You already know the answer to this, Flip. You already know. I've been looking for this player for years and years and years since I wrote that ill-fated Bucky Hodges holds the key article. (laughs) And yes, that's a real thing. It's an article that I wrote. But the fun part about it is that many of the things that I pointed to about Bucky Hodges, they hold true for Irv Smith. When what I was really looking at there was that, you know, straight line speed is one of the things when I was looking at tight ends who uh, went on to have really great careers. Uh, Speed was one of the more predictive elements that I found when looking at tight ends specifically. And Irv, Irv has that. And he's also developed into uh, one of the things that was a knock on him was his ability to hold up at the point of attack and his blocking. But he is very rapidly, very quickly turning into a complete player at the position. And he's starting to get a little bit more run. He's starting to become a bigger part of the offense. We were talking about that Washington game. You know, Irv was in there. And as I'm looking at it right now on the uh, Baldwin box score, he was um, the third receiver in terms of a uh, total epa you know added over the course of that game and uh, i'm hoping as things go along we're able to continue to uh get irv integrated into the offense is one of the things that i noted in that article was that uh gronkowski was like a cheat code for brady and when you look at brady's splits with and without rob, uh, rob gronkowski they're drastic and so when people look at brady and they're like oh my god he's fallen off or he's uh, on his way down the cliff you know, Adam Harstead and others have pointed out that maybe it's not that at all. Brady is playing very similar to Brady without Gronk throughout his career. Same thing with Drew Brees. Drew Brees is amazing. He's kind of the efficiency god when it comes to quarterback play. But even him, when he had Jimmy Graham, it took his efficiency to a whole nother level. And it's part of the reason you see them putting a player like a Michael Thomas in the slot so they can use him on plays and similar to how Jimmy Graham was used previously. Uh, try to get that boost in efficiency from the quarterback position. So Irv is a player that I really, really want to see take off because we already have, you know, the best one-two punch at the wide receiver position. But if we can add a true receiving weapon down the seam that's a mismatch nightmare just based on speed and size and Irv, I think that will take the this, this, this offense to a level that where they'd be almost unguardable. It'd be a team, you know, similar to a team that we're about to match up with in the Kansas City where, you know, we'd have our own version of, you know, Hill, Watkins, and Kelsey, we would have something like that, but even better because our wide receiver tandem is better in in Diggs, Steele, and, and, and Irv Smith. And so uh, that is who I am hoping really gets it together because, you know, as I said, having that elite tight end, that field-stretching tight end is really a cheat code for your offense, isn't a key to making us an even more unstoppable juggernaut uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So that's who I'm hoping. Big Irv. Flips the switch. Yeah, I, I, you know, I get it. I also understand that your man, Mr. Spark God, is, has hurt you. So it's good that you have another young tight end to pull for. 
It's true. I, I'm learning to love again, Flip. I'm learning. I'm, I'm diving back in. I'm not letting the mistakes of the past keep me from, from buying in. And here we are. We finally got our guy, and uh, I'm hoping that he really turns it on for us. Great, great. Well, let me give you my final take. My player, it's Alex Madison. At the end of this regular season, there is going to be no debate. Oh, no. no debate. Zero debate. Oh, no. That he oh, no. was worth that third round pick. I'm. Oh, boy. Well, I'm sticking to it. Now, now, how I've always tried to frame it is how how do they need to use Madison to make this third round pick worth it? And it's not like he was the 70th pit player taken. He was taken at pick 102 at the end of the fourth at the end of the third round. And and my answer to that was for him to be worth it, they're going to have to run the crap out of the ball. And that's what we've seen this year. We've seen them run the ball a lot. We've seen Dalvin with about 75% of those carries, Madison with 25% share. And so Dalvin, you know, has the most carries of his career right now. 156 carries is the most he's ever attempted in a season because of those early season injuries, because he's been limited. And so for a guy who's been on pace for almost 400 total touches, I love Dalvin Cook. That's a lot of touches. And I think they look at that. I think they look at Dalvin with a few extra days off with Madison giving us early returns. I want to see Alex Madison on the field more so that we can save Dalvin Cook for the games that matter. What do you think, Jay? I mean, I'm probably, I guess, probably going to be very tough for me to come around to the side of Alexander Madison as a backup running back was the best option for us where we took him in the draft because, I mean, we know running backs in general struggle to move the needle and especially running backs who are primarily going to be used as runners as between the tackles grinders. Like Madison had a pretty good game from a traditional box score standpoint against Washington, but he had negative 5.4 total EPA in the game. His EPA per play was negative 0.36. You know, like, so he helps us grind out the clock when we already have a, a lead because our best players have helped us get that lead. But as things currently stand, and it's not an indictment on his talent, it's just an indictment, I, I feel, on the role that he plays for the team, that that role in and of itself, so long as Dalvin Cook is healthy, which we all want, is not a role that is particularly valuable to the team in terms of wins and losses. You really need a guy who can go out there, work within the scheme, and not fumble the football for that player to be a valuable player milking the clock for us, which is essentially what Alexander Madison has been asked to do a lot of, which is an important role. I just don't know that the marginal gains you get from like an Alexander Madison over a Mike Boone or something like that are worth the investment in the draft. Running backs for, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I talk a lot of smack about running backs in the time. I love running backs. Barry Sanders might be my favorite player of all time. I just have come to understand or accept that they are largely replaceable, and the system is largely the thing that drives success for that position. So because the system is so important, and we've seen it time and time again with 
guys off the street, you know, people like to talk about CJ Anderson coming in and basically doing what Todd Gurley was doing from an efficiency standpoint in that Rams offense. I just, uh, it's tough for me. It's tough for me. But the idea that he can help maybe save Dalvin for the playoff run, that's something that won't necessarily show up in the numbers. That's something that I agree. Like when we're up on teams big, put Dalvin on the side, let him chill out, let him uh, rest, relax, restart his recovery process early. I think that's a very valuable thing that you're not really going to be able to find from a statistical standpoint necessarily, um, keeping those hits off of Dalvin so we can have him down the stretch when it's actually important. Um, but yeah, but just overall, Alexander Madison, like if he, like, you know, obviously we don't want that to happen, but if, you know, he was to go down, I, I do still honestly believe that we'd be able to have other people come in and, and play that role and have it not be something that cost us wins and losses as a team. So I'm torn. Okay. Well, I get it. I get it. You know, really, this take was more about just saving Dalvin than my boy, Alex Madison. People will come around eventually. But, you know, Madison is 21st in the NFL in rush yardage right now. I know that's not everybody's volume stats, whatever. But still, to have a backup running back be 21st in the NFL is pretty impressive. He's only got one fumble on the year. I honestly would be okay if they didn't give Dalvin Cook another carry inside the 10-yard line with the backup running backs they have and which with how much Dalvin's been carrying the ball between the 10s, you know, on not just not just carries, but in the past game as well. So the rookies are coming along. We're going to need to see them grow in the offense, not just Irv Smith and Alex Madison, but Garrett Bradbury, B.C. Johnson, it's a fun year with the offense because it's also a young group getting younger. No, I, and, and I like all those things. And like, I think that they've like, the team has done a very good job out. Like they've, they've put together almost what one might call a, like a, a Patriot, like platoon of, of running backs with, with varied skill sets who are all like, obviously Davin cook is, is the man. He's, he's very, very good overall in terms of what he's able to do. But you know, Madison has been doing well. Boone in, in very limited opportunity has, has done his thing. You know, CJ Ham, and again, very limited opportunity, is also doing his thing in terms of elusiveness when he put, he touches the ball. So like we've got a platoon of guys who can they could do things and the system right now is really clicking. So I'm loving it. And uh, it's one of those things we can you can talk about, we can joke about. Um and you know, if your man needed to step up and play a bigger role because God forbid something happened to Dalvin, I think that Alexander Madison would be able to step in. He would be able to do that and he would get closer to proving that value that you want him to do so badly. I just don't think overall as a fan base, we want him to to step into that value because Dalvin, I think we all agree, is just that much better than he is and, and does things that many backs are not able to do and, and puts himself in that category of running backs who may actually matter. So, yeah. Yeah. So so that's the wish, wish list, y'all. We got to see the offense continue growing. We want to go undefeated at home. Beat Kansas City. Beat Dallas. See Irv Smith break out. See Alex Madison help to carry the load, keep some carries off Dalvin Cook. Jason, you got anything more to add as we close out the show? I mean, I guess the last thing, I mean, it's, it's, it was kind of wrapped into some of the other takes, but I want to see the offense continue to uh, prioritize Stefan Diggs and getting him going. I think, uh, as I said before, Stefan Diggs is the engine that unlocks the true efficiency of our offense. Um, 
And this isn't a knock on Adam Thielen necessarily. It's just, I think, a function of how each of them is asked to uh, to operate within the offense. Stefan Diggs is asked to, to go further downfield. The types of routes that he runs are just generally more high-value uh, routes and getting him going. Stefan Diggs's big games, they break a game completely wide open. Uh, the, the, the big games that Thielen has had over the last couple of years where he gets a ton of receptions, a lot of yards – but it's it's death by a thousand paper cuts. We might win in those games, but those aren't the games we're blowing teams all the way out the way that we have been this year. And so that's the thing I want to see. And again, like I said, it's not a knock on Thielen. It's not saying that Thielen isn't a great player by any stretch. It's just saying that I think that when we look at you know some of the the, the bigger the grass the better offensive teams, um, where they often have that guy who can go and and really just you know break the game wide open. And right now the way our offense is functioning and the way we're asking Stefan Diggs to run routes, he's that guy for this team. And so getting him into a rhythm, getting him going, I think it opens things up for Dalvin. It opens things up for Thielen, open things up for Irv Smith. And it makes this offense uh, the best offense that it can be. So that's what I'm hoping we see a lot more of as we move forward. All right, well, let's do it. Eight games left on the year. Jason, thank you for coming on. Some special takes today from you. The fire. I love it. Thanks for listening, y'all. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, rolling into Kansas City. Let's see the Vikings in a big spot. Get that W. Let's do it. Till next time. Skull Vikes. Yes, sir. 